Mwanyamza. We shall uh, proceed uh, accordingly. Honorable members, uh, good afternoon and welcome to our uh, virtual meeting of the Portfolio Committee on Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development. Let me uh, also welcome uh, the officials in the executive, in the ministry, also uh, within uh, the department that have uh, linked in with us, and also welcome uh, the uh, entities that are uh, uh, present uh, with us. Uh, various guests that have uh, also signed up uh, on uh, this virtual meeting. Good afternoon. In uh, February 2020, Cabinet approved the publication of upgrading of the Land Tenure Rights Amendment Bill for public comment. Within the same month of February, the bill was tabled to Parliament and referred to the committee on the 6th of May 2020. Part of uh, the public comments, honorable members, at the level of the executive takes place within NEDLEC. NEDLEC is a statutory body that promotes consensus between the social partners on policy and legislation. It plays an important part of the policy and lawmaking processes in South Africa, and it thus complements Parliament's legislative and policy processes through social dialogue. I have uh, therefore in preparation of this meeting, as we are to be dealing uh, with uh, the uh, bill on ULTRA, have received a letter from NEDLEC which is dated the 22nd of May. May I, honorable members, request those that have their microphones on, please mute them so that we can be audible. Thank you. Uh, having received this letter uh, from uh, NEDLEC, it uh, lists uh, uh, the NEDLEC processes that are to be followed regarding the ULTRA bill. NEDLEC has therefore informed the committee that the Department of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development submitted the upgrading of the Land Tenure Rights Amendment, that being ULTRA Bill, to NEDLEC on the 16th of April 2020 in terms of Section 5, uh, subsection 1D, on the National Economic Development and Labor Council Act 35 of 1994 that empowers the Council to consider all significant changes to the social and economic legislation before it is implemented or introduced to Parliament. Therefore, honorable members, a NEDLEC task team was established to engage on the bill through a line by line process. The first of such meetings took place on the 21st of May 2020, and it is envisioned uh, that the process will be finalized by the 19th of June 2020. The NEDLEC task team 
is aware that the Department of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development is due to submit the bill to Parliament or to the Portfolio Committee today, being Tuesday, the 26th of May 2020. The NEDLEC task team is endeavouring to complete the report on an expedited basis and hope that the Parliamentary Portfolio Committee will still be able to consider the report. This letter, Honourable Members, raises quite crucial questions for this committee to consider before briefing on ULTRA. And that being, has the department concluded the NEDLEC processes on ULTRA? If not, how does the department expect the Portfolio Committee to consider the bill which it has not even concluded processes at the level of the executive, that being NEDLEC. As the Portfolio Committee, we are extremely concerned about exposing Parliament to court challenges due to failures of the Department to follow due process. Other matters of interest are as follows. Um, that being the Portfolio Committee would like to have the socio-economic impact assessment for this legislation. It must be submitted to the committee by Friday, in our view. But honorable members, as I've alluded to the letter that has been sent uh, by NEDLEC, I had uh, taken uh, time uh, to send it to all the honorable members so that you can engage with the letter. Uh, but before I hand over to yourselves for comment in terms of the uh, letter that has been sent by NEDLEC, and also to give input on the way forward in terms of this uh, ultra bill, I would like to invite uh, the legal services to give input in terms of uh, what uh, the impact of uh, this letter uh, uh, may have. Um, the Secretariat, can you confirm if uh, we have uh, anyone from legal services? Thank you, Chair. We're supposed to have Mr. Natim Jengwana, but I haven't seen him connecting. The last time I checked with him, he was busy trying to connect. But I will check him. In the okay, meantime, members. Jengwana, are you with us? Mr. Mchengani, are you with us? We will uh, therefore request uh, uh, the Secretariat to just follow up with him to see if uh, there is uh, any input uh, the legal uh, uh, services would like uh, to uh, give in uh, guiding and uh, uh, Manyamza, just take your video off and mute uh, your microphone so that we don't see you on the phone. Uh, I would therefore, honorable members, when uh, uh, Mr. Nati from Legal Services comes on, afford him an opportunity to guide us in terms of the committee, what uh, 
uh, options are awaiting us as a way forward. But let me enable uh, the honorable members to give input and uh, I will uh, try and recognize uh, all members uh, to give their uh, short input uh, on the way forward and what your thoughts are regarding the letter. Honorable Kappe. Thanks, Chair, and uh, thanks for the opportunity. Chair, I have seen the letter that you shared with the committee members. And uh, going through this letter, Chair, uh, also taking note of what you have just indicated, what is NetLag, their role in lawmaking process, and them indicating to us that uh, they received the bill on the 16th. They are busy intending also to finish on the 19th. I would say, Chair, I don't know what will the legal advice be, but my take, Chair, my submission is that uh, as the committee, we will be rushing if we have to consider this bill before net lag process. I'm saying this, Chair, because they are indicating that the tax team is also going line by line. And this, as and when I was going through the bill, I know and I have seen that that's where the department also has acknowledged that there are other sections that might have loopholes that in the long process, if challenged, they can take us back to where we are today. Chair, there's also in my capacity as a portfolio committee member, the issue of broader consultation. Now, if we have to process this bill today, NETLEC being that statutory body that is still dealing with it, are we not infringing also on the uh, the process before it is ready? So my submission, Chair, is that uh, we give NETLEC a chance, like they're indicating that uh, they'll finish by the 19th of June, so that we take it from there as the portfolio committee. I know, Chair, that we've been wanting the department to run with this bill, hence we even requested them to look uh, to request an extension. But based on the letter that we received from NETLEC, I would, uh, Chair, suggest that we give NETLEC a chance until the date stipulated, and then we can come back and process some of the issues that do we're going to be briefed with. So in the main, in essence, I'm proposing, Chair, that we defer this process today, a fortunate legal chance, and, uh, yeah, deal with it afterwards. Thanks, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Kappe. And we have uh, Honorable uh, Masati. Honorable Masati. Okay, and we have uh, Honorable Kappa. Thank you, Chair. No. Uh, Mr. Mjengwana is online. 
Okay. Thank you. Honorable members, let us hold our inputs to give the legal advisor an opportunity to give input in terms of the letter we've received from NEDLEC. Bauna Timchenganya, are you with us? I'm with you, Chairperson. Thank you, and my apologies for joining late. I have been having some technical issues on my side. No worries. Uh, please go ahead with your input. Uh, Chairperson, we received the letter uh, from the email requesting advice, which attached the, the letter from NETLEC. And uh, our view, Chairperson, is that legally the, the committee is not constrained from proceeding with its process of this bill, uh, whilst NEDLEC is also considering its own submission to the to the committee, or whilst NEDLEC is busy uh, preparing its expression on the provisions of this bill. Uh, the process that is in NEDLEC, Chairperson, does not serve as an interdict to the constitutional obligation which the committee has to discharge in relation to this bill, including that of, cons of, of for facilitating public involvement. Uh, in that regard, Chairperson, our view is that whilst the process in NEDLEC is underway, the committee could uh, entertain uh, any matters relating to this bill, including starting consultation, uh, which consultation would include uh, the submissions on the bill by NEDLEC. That, that in essence, Chairperson, is the, is, the, is the crux of our advice. Uh, if the committee accepts our advice, that would be our stand. Whereas uh, if the committee wants us to also reduce that advice in writing, we would also be able to do so uh, with, within the shortest period of time. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Mchengwane, uh, with your input. And we appreciate uh, the legal uh, opinion uh, that uh, you have uh, given. Honorable uh, members, uh, there you have it. Uh, we will pick up uh, from where uh, Honorable Tape uh, left off to uh, ascertain what your views are on the uh, subject. I uh, recognize the Honorable Tapa. Okay, Honorable Stain. Mama Stein. Thank you, Chairperson. I think the secretary mutes and unmutes us, so uh, we might take a minute to just speak. Chairperson, yes, yes uh, I'm. I'm also quite con concerned uh, that the process with NetLag was not followed. Uh, yes. um, I'm also concerned that we haven't done. Uh, or we don't have uh, planning for, for public participation in general, Chairperson. Uh, so I would uh, like to propose that we let uh, NetLAC uh, do the, the, the thing first. I, I can't see when we have started with the process of the bill that it can thereafter be changed uh, in NetLAC or any proposals made. So I would propose... Uh, Chairperson, uh, that, that we give NETLAC the opportunity to finalize the process first. Uh, I'm also concerned that 
um, it, we are not in a rush anymore because as far as I know, we got a year extension. So we do have some time. It's not such a rush uh, process at the moment. So let's follow the process. Uh, we don't want this ball to be found uh, that we haven't done the processes properly again. That's my proposal too. Thank you, Honorable Stein. And we have uh, Honorable Matthias. Honorable Matthias. In uh, his absence is uh, Honorable Muntwedi there. Hello. Am I am I audible, Chair? You audible and visible, uh, Honorable Tatemontwedi. Uh, no, no, no. I I am of the view. Before I got to hear the uh, advice by the advocate, uh, I had also had a view that uh, perhaps we should not proceed with uh, considering the presentation from the department. But now that the advocate has come and said there is absolutely nothing wrong uh, in us continuing with our work, uh, I'm of the view, Chair, that if we agree, uh, let us proceed uh, with the business in terms of receiving the presentation on the ALTRA. But uh, if we are, if all of us can agree and say, let's uh, defer it uh, and wait for net lag because all bills should pass through the net lag uh, so that net lag would put its final inputs on the bill before it can come to us. So it means we will proceed after having proceeded, net lag comes and say uh, this and this was not actually considered. Are we going to redo it again? So I think for us to be safe, Chair, let me just agree with the other members and say, let's uh, defer uh, that discussion on that day, ALTRA today. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, uh, Honorable Montredi, for your input. Uh, Honorable uh, Mahlati is with us. Uh, and we give uh, an opportunity. Thank you very much, Chair. Um, I... I stand to support all speakers in as far as deferring um, the, the, the bill for a later date with all the reasons that have been put through. Like Honorable Atlape and Honorable Mundredi have indicated, uh, unfortunately, we, we might rush into a process that would need us to go back and redo. Now, to be on the safe side, let's allow NetLag to finalize. And I don't think the 19th of June is too far. We're speaking about two to three weeks from now. So I support the motion as it stands. Thanks, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Memasati. And we have uh, Honorable Mebriet. Thank you, Chairperson. I have to say I agree with what my colleagues have stated. Um, let's finish the NETLAC process as well, because I think we're going to do double work. And as well, I, if I believe the constitutional um, um, what do you say? Um, whether it is right, whether it is right, I don't think we can 
we can change to the bill and have the bill before NetLag has actually seen it. So I concur. Let's have NetLag do the proper input. Let's have a proper plan as to how to do public participation, as Honorable Stain has said, because we don't want to have a case where we are continually reinventing the wheel, wheel over and over and we aren't actually getting this this um, bill sorted. So let's defer. Let's wait for NetLag to do its due course and let's discuss then. Thanks. Thank you, Honorable Brett. Uh, Honorable Tabekolo. Uh, Nabezit. Honorable Tapa Honorable Tapa Honorable Mbabama Thank you. Thank you, Chair. I concur with Honorable Stain. Thank you. Thank you, Mamun Babama. Uh, can we have Mamu Trete? Honorable Trete? Honorable Marshall. Mem Marshall. Honorable Masipa. Ndade Masipa. Eh, Tobela. Yeah, I must say that. All right. No, I agree with uh, my colleagues that uh, let's give it a chance. And uh, the other question that I might have is that um, shouldn't we also consider that the spill must be before cabinet as well so that we don't waste time? If that process can also run at the same time. Thanks. Thank you, Honorable Masipa. Is there anyone uh, that I've uh, left out uh, who's uh, audible and is uh, awaiting to speak? Yes, Chair. Uh, Honorable Trader. Please go ahead. Thank you, Chair. Um, Chair, I would like to raise um, just two issues on, 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 on what other members have already alluded on. Firstly, Chair, let me agree that let's defer this amending, amending of this bill. Um, because Chair, I, I also concur with the, 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 the last, the first two speakers that, um, the, the, the department did not publish this bill for public comment, Chair. And, uh, yes, there's an extension of a year 
that is ending on the 20th of April 2021. I have, due to what is happening in the country, the pandemic of COVID-19, I'm just raising this change just for, for the committee to note that currently we're in June, in two days to come, actually, we will be in June. And I'm thinking, Chair, is it sufficient enough for both the houses to conclude with this bill? And lastly, Chair, um, I would like the committee to also note, or let me rather raise my concerns, Chair. I'm just wondering, Chair, if the National, Tradition, National House of Traditional Leaders was consulted during this period, or is it something that 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 is is also part of NEDLEC that is also looking at this? Because uh, if we remember the existing act that we are currently, the existing act which the bill is amending, it provides for a transfer of a tribal land to full ownership of the tribes that are under the traditional leaders. So I'm just wondering, Chair, if I want the committee to be a bit careful, allow that process to, 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 to conclude, because, Chair, we do not want a reputation of his pluma here. Let's allow the process defer this and allow NEDEC to, co- to, to, to conclude with the process with due respect to the legal opinion, but we might have, we need to, to cover all, 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 all angles. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, uh... Mama Utrete, is there any other honorable member that uh, we have not recognized? Ndabezita Kosengu, honorable Tabekulu, Bautapa, Memasho, okay. Honorable members, uh, uh-huh. thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I'm really, I'm really sorry, Chair. I would like to ask a question if the department is online, Chair. Okay. Uh, we'll uh, uh, come back on that, Honorable Muntredi. I'll note you, but uh, let me just uh, give uh, an opportunity first. Uh, in light of uh, what we have received, honorable members, in terms of uh, the letter from NEDLEC, also with the input that we have received from uh, the legal advisor, as well as your uh, valued input that you have made uh, on uh, the way forward. Can I recognize uh, the officials in the department? In light of uh, this letter we've received, what their thought process is and uh, what impact the letter may have. I would not want to conclude and close this session without any input uh, from the department. I then think, uh, Honorable Montredi, your question will uh, suffice after we've received that input. Can I recognize uh, the minister, deputy ministers, or the DGs uh, in the department uh, who have been charged to engage uh, with the committee on this uh, ultra bill? Good afternoon, Chairperson. Uh, 
ninjani baba siphilile ngosenkulu eh let us afford you an opportunity also to give input on this matter thank you chair we 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 welcome the the opinion of the legal advisors uh, that the two processes can run parallel ultimately the report that will come from netlec that will be informed by the consultations by the various constituencies there at netlec will ultimately come to parliament to an inform the parliamentary process so we were we are of the same view that those two processes can run parallel but ultimately the decision is that of the committee thank you very much chairperson Thank you, Baushabane. Uh, let me then, uh, Honorable Muntuidi, afford you the opportunity if your question still stands. Yes, the question is still stands, Chair. Uh, I think uh, we received the legal uh, opinion. The department is throwing the ball to the committee now. If tomorrow the question is asked why ultra why there's a delay in finalizing this ultra it means the department would say the portfolio committee that is my worry i wanted to check the posture of the department but if the department is saying the the, the legal opinion says you can continue the process can run concurrently uh, i would I, I don't want tomorrow people that i represent to point a finger at me and say you failed to push this bill because it has been long overdue. If that is the posture of the department chair, I would respectfully amend what I had submitted earlier and said, let us get, let's process this uh, bill with the remaining time that we have. I will just change, chair, because I'm worried if the department is saying from our side and the legal opinion, you could continue. But if tomorrow they're going to blame us and point the finger at the committee and say, you delayed. You said you did not want, when the legal opinion was saying it, you own the clear, go ahead, and you did not go. I think it would, we would find ourselves in a very serious problem, Chair. I think maybe we could have started the route, what are the views of the department, but now that it is raised, I really had to reconsider uh, the submission that I made earlier. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, uh, Honorable Montuedi. Uh, any last uh, bite, Honorable Members? Uh, Honorable Trader? Yes, Chair. Yes, Chair. Go ahead, Honorable Trader. Yes, Chair. Um, Chair, as much as I agree with the sentiments shared by Honorable Montuedi, um, we are here to represent our constituencies, which is the people of South Africa as a country. But, Chair, we cannot rush into amending a bill that we, we know as a committee that it does have uh, uh, loopholes where it can be um, challenged in, any, in, in a constitutional court of law. If, if I can remind the members of, of the committee, Chair, we can refer back to the, 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 the legacy report. When it talks to e, 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 the outstanding bills, 
and when it talks to Spluma and and Ultra, it's, it's clear there. As much as Chair, I would love to amend this bill today because we all know what it will do, especially to those people that need and work the land. But Chair, the effect of the matter is the the department has not concluded the process of e-public e-public comments. The department has not finished consulting consultation with the National House of Traditional Affairs. If we look at this bill, Ultra Bill Chair, um, even um, I, I would I would love maybe for a legal opinion. What is the difference between Ultra and Spluma? How it will affect the people that are living in a commun- communal land? So, Chair, based on those things, for me, as much as I agree with Mutwaiti on, 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 on his concern, but, Chair, we have, we have the best interest of, of the process. Because should we rush this, overlooking these things, some of these things that I've just highlighted, Again, it will be sent to, it will be challenged to a constitutional court and a decision will favor whoever that is challenging it. Yet again, the very same bill, our government will be embarrassed again. Let's rather do things once and do them right, Chair. Let's rather delay our progress, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Twitter. Um, I have uh, received an uh, indication uh, from Honorable Undabezita Nkosi Tebekur that he is having some technical challenges. He seems every time he's uh, trying to give input, he cannot be heard, and I would like to request the IT to assist him in that regard. But uh, he would like uh, to uh, concur with the honorable members and have this uh, deferred uh, to a later date, particularly because as a traditional leader, he would want to uh, align himself with the position of the National House of Traditional Leaders uh, so that they are afforded efficient time to give input on the matter. So that is the input from Undabezita Nkosenkulu Nkosi Tabeku. And we have Honorable Priet. Thank you, Chairperson. I was just typing, I retract. I think Honorable Trete has, has covered me. I concur with her. We can't because because we are in a hurry defer, uh, not defer this. We need to take our time, our necessary time. We have been given another year. Um, we need to ensure that from a committee side, our due diligence is done. So, um, yes, I hear Honorable Montuedi's problems, but I still stand by my statement that the portfolio needs to defer this until we have the proper inputs and public participation. Thank you. Uh, Yes, uh, uh, yes uh, I would like you to, to call legal services to come in again before you can conclude on the matter. Thank you, Chair. Okay. Uh, thank you, uh, Manyamza. 
We are still uh, dealing with the input from honorable members and I had recognized legal services. I will uh, return to them if needs be. Uh, can we have honorable, uh, honorable Mashati? Thank you very much, Chair. Um, I, I, I would like to, to, to persuade Honorable Mundwedi to concur with the view that we continue with a uh, view Yakuti we defer the matter because, like we indicated, Chair, it's only three weeks. The 19th of June is in the next three weeks. So it does not make sense that we would rush unnecessarily in the next three weeks. Given that we are still in lockdown, there are a number of things that we are unable to pursue effectively. Now, um, I'm, I'm, I'm still standing by the that we raised, and I would like to, 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 to pursue Honorable Mundwedi just to, to, to concur with the collective. If it doesn't, it's fine, but you are just saying, can and. We, we, I still move with the view that we, we, we defer. Thanks, Chair. Thank you. Honorable uh, Masipa. Okay. Uh, sorry, Chair. Um, I was just trying to move. Uh, Chair, uh, my... My real opinion is that, um, you know, with the legal advice that we carry on, um, as it has no impact in terms of what we do now here, I would think that, you know, the committee should seriously consider because we don't know what lies ahead, you know, in terms of um, our challenges that we are having with COVID-19 and so forth. But also at the same time, the cabinet still need to sit, and I don't know about the public participation, that also need to, to also uh, be part of this bill. So I suggest that maybe, you know, we consider, you know, proceeding so that we're not really being blamed for the delay of this particular bill. Thanks, Chair. Thank you, uh, Honorable Stein. Ms. Stein. Thank you, Chairperson. I, uh, Chairperson, I, I, I uh, speak to my proposal that we defer this matter. But while we are deferring the matter, there's a lot of issues that are still outstanding that we asked the department last time. Issues regarding the deeds registry, issues regarding uh, conveyancing um, uh, costs of, of what the bill implications would be how many people we think will be will be uh, affected by this bill once once we agree to the bill so i think the work can proceed um the implications of the bill other bills other uh, processes that that's currently underway um, within the department we need to get some background and details regarding that um, while we are waiting for net, net lag and other processes to, to be finalized, that once we have the bill uh, ready in front of us, we actually have all the details and necessary information in front of us. Uh, as I said last time, there's other legislation, other new uh, policy and proposals that the department is dealing with. So let's rather deal with the whole uh, the current 
um, work that is being done, uh, what is currently within the department, what is outstanding, so that when we get the ball, we can process it quite quite quickly, uh, Chairperson, or as quick, quickly as possible with uh, details uh, that we have. Currently, we're going to deal with the ball in vacuum. We don't know what is going on regarding all the other outstanding issues within the department, questions that we have asked them in the past. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Honorable Kape would be the last one. Thanks, Chair. Chair, earlier on, I indicated on the letter that you read and you shared with us, NetSlack is saying to us they are taking the process line by line. In our previous engagements, Chair, the department indicated Besides the section that the court judgment was based on, there are other sections that are also problematic, that if they are, can be challenged, they will also put us on the back footing. Now, Chair, I am saying still, let's unfortunately like to go line by line so that with the constituencies they represent, there's consensus or there's review of all those line-by-line line kind of a thing, so that we don't deal with compliance here. We want to have a bill that will make an impact. The department, for an example, they said then, if there has to be challenge on other sections, it will, be, it will open a can of worms. We are here where we are because of an individual case here, the former homelands, individual security of tenure. Now, it will be something that is a crucial chair that we shouldn't do it for compliance to meet the deadline. We have requested extension, it has been granted. If there's a need after the 19th of June, I don't think it will be very unreasonable through state attorneys to say we still need a chance. We foresee we will not finish. Let's do one thing once for all. We cannot deal with a piece of legislation that will be perpetually attacked or open up for litigation purpose. So I agree with the members that are saying, let's afford them a chance because I, for an example, where I'm seated, I would not know what other weaknesses are there, except that has been pointed by the courts for now. So if we're having a tax team that is going line by line, let them afford a chance. Thanks, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Tape, uh, uh, and uh, let me thank you, Honorable Members, uh, for your input. Can I just uh, recognize Ubaunati uh, uh, to give input, uh, last input from uh, legal services before we conclude on the matter? Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, Chairperson, the decision to to proceed or not to proceed with this matter remains the preserve of the committee, uh, Chairperson, as a policy decision on how to handle the matter going forward. Uh, however, Chairperson, the legal position, as indicated before, is quite clear on the matter, that there is the letter from NEDLEC does not serve as an interdict prohibiting the committee from doing its work. 
uh, in the as a matter of fact, Chairperson, even in the contents of the letter, NEDLEC itself recognizes that its letter does not serve as a as an interdict to stop the committee from doing its work. It's, it NEDLEC in fact says it is appealing to the committee that it be given sufficient time to finalize its process and submit the report that it would have uh, finalized to the committee for consideration. So NEDLEC in that letter is merely asking the committee to please not not finish the process or close the process of consultation before it has received and considered the report from NEDLEC. Uh, that's, that, that's just the point in relation to the letter and the status of the letter in Lord Chaperson. The process of consultation, public involvement, uh, which the committee has to discharge, is in section 59 of the Constitution, and that section is quite clear, Chairperson, that the committee must, in its process, facilitate involvement, whether by NEDLEC, other government departments, which still need to be heard on the matter, or any other statutory or just public bodies, including individuals, which wish to be, express themselves on this matter, must be given an opportunity to do so by the committee in the consideration of this matter. All constitutional court judgments, Chairperson, that give us guidance with regard to the threshold for public participation, starting from Doctors to Life until the recent one on La Musa, is quite clear, Chairperson, on what the threshold is, that the committee must facilitate reasonable, effective public participation in its process of, of passing legislation. So in that regard, Chairperson, the legal position stands that the, the committee would not be offending in law if it continued to look into the bill, whilst NEDLEC is facilitating its process, and when NEDLEC is done, submit its report for consideration and decision on it by the committee. But as I said, Chairperson, when I started my input, the final decision on the matter remains that of the committee after everything else has, uh, has been considered as the, as the, as the members have, have, have pronounced themselves. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, thank you, uh, Malnati, uh, for uh, your input. Honorable uh, members, I want us uh, to be clear uh, here that no one has served the committee with an interdict. We have uh, received a letter from NEDLEC requesting to be afforded an opportunity to submit their report as they are dealing with uh, these line-by-line uh, line items, that, yes. which they would be able to have concluded by the 19th of June. We therefore, honorable members, with the input that has been uh, given by yourselves and uh, taking into consideration the input of the legal advisor and that of the department, want to take a, a, a recognition of a, a entities such as the National House of Traditional Leaders, who are also uh, wanting uh, to uh, have been given an opportunity to make their input on the matter. I would therefore, honorable members, uh, want uh, to uh, close this matter by deferring uh, this meeting to the 26th of June. We will then uh, be able to deal with all uh, these uh, matters vested around the ultra bill. 
I therefore uh, request that uh, we afford NEDLEC an opportunity to make uh, submissions and also deal with their line-by-line items. And also for those uh, that still uh, uh, want to engage with the committee to be able to do so. Baushaban and the officials of the department, uh, we would uh, therefore appeal to you to pack this uh, input and we will be able uh, to revisit it on the 26th of June. And therefore, we will afford honorable members enough time and opportunity to engage on these matters uh, around them. In the interim, honorable uh, members, we had uh, the second uh, presentation that uh, we were anticipating uh, from the department, uh, that uh, being uh, NARISEC. Uh, I would therefore want to invite the department to lead us uh, in their report and uh, status on the National Rural Youth Services Corps program. Over to you, DG, and uh, the officials of the department. You may lead us on the presentation. And uh, for all uh, others that are with us, I would kindly request that uh, we mute our microphones so that uh, we uh, cannot uh, uh, be disturbing uh, the proceedings. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Honorable Chair, uh, Honorable Members. Chair, I do know that you have closed on the matter of the bill. We have taken note of your decision as the committee. The one issue that we just wanted to clarify, not to open a discussion, is that uh, the bill has been to cabinet. We, we don't need to go back to cabinet. I just thought I should clarify that point. Uh, the, the next presentation um, will be uh, tabled to the committee by Ms. Nonala Butelezi, an official of the department in the NARISEC program. Thank you, Chair Percy. If you can just guide in terms of the time of the presentation, Chair, that will help as well. Thank you, uh, Bao Shaban. You can uh, go ahead uh, for 20 minutes you have. Thank you. Donella. Thank you, DG. Good afternoon, Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee, the members of the committee, Minister of my department, and the colleagues uh, that are led by the DG. Uh, just before I start with the presentation on the National Rural Youth Service Corps, I'll basically ask, ask Uralf to assist in terms of moving this, this slides around for me. I don't seem to be getting the function to move the slides. So if, you, if we look at the presentation outline of the things that we'll be touching on today, we'll be basically be looking at the NARSEC since its inception, that was basically in 2010 up to date, We'll also look at the, the, the report that was commissioned by the department through the Human Science Research Council in terms of the impact assessment of the NARSEC program to say since we've started, has there been any tangible impact on the NARSEC in terms of the current, in, current implementation? 
We will also look at the repurposing because the Human Science Research Council advised that we need to refocus the program, we need to repurpose. We'll also look at the repurposing of the program. And what is to be expected will also touch in terms of the high level how is the implementation currently and how is the implementation going forward and also briefly we'll look at your district development model that we we saw as an opportunity for us to be able to basically repurpose the narasek program we'll also be looking at what has been done from the time of the inception of the program including the repurposing the ddm the district development model and going forward and also touching on the policy review of the narsec and obviously the progress successes and also the planned activities going forward so that will be in the main the 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 the, the, the presentation outline so if if the members of the the the, the committee recalls that when the NARSEC was, uh, was, was started in 2010, we're really looking at, one will say, some sort of the same challenges that are faced in South Africa, in particular when it comes to a high rate of young people that were unemployed even during the time when we started with the program NARSEC in 2010. And the three areas that we focused on was basically to reduce the high rate of unemployment amongst the rural youth in particular, because that was our focus to say, we want to focus on the rural young people. The second issue was to say also, we also want to make sure that whatever initiative that we come with will respond to rural development challenges through using the rural youth in the space that we find ourselves at the at, at, at that time we still called the department of rural development and we said it's then important that we recruit these young people we skill them so that they can become the para professionals for the development of rural space in their own areas the third area was also to say how then do we make sure that we have, we increase in disposable income for rural youth because we know that majority of them they basically get to be supported either through grants or family members who are basically working outside the rural space but we say we need to make sure that there is disposable income for rural young people who can actually be able to either find employment in the rural space or even be able to create enterprise development in the spaces where they are in all that that we're doing uh, the the, the NARASAC program, the first one, the policy was signed in 2012. Uh, the second one was basically signed in 2015. So while we were implementing it in 2015, we basically had to start to prepare the reviewing of the NARASAC Pro policy that was signed in 2015. Around 2017, 2018, we then commissioned the Human Science Research Council to do an impact study. The findings of the HRC, HSRC was to say the program lagged on exit opportunities or exit path pathways. And the reasons for that, for, 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 for the impact study, was to say we've trained beautifully so many young people at the current pro process we are basically sitting with about 25,000 young people that have gone through the NARSEC program so they notice and at that time we we're talking about 18,000 young people that were that were actually recruited or we've been passed off passed off the NARSEC program so they said while the program is very beautiful but it lacked strongly the issues of your exit opportunities or others will call it the exit pathways they also indicated on the second point to say that the program is focusing too much on the 
skills development. Yet the skills, in particular those young people who have been skilled through the NARSA program, still remain unemployed and still have not had support or started any businesses. The third issue was to say how then the program, the program should also provide or it, it's not providing any support for employment opportunities or enterprise development for the NARSEC participant or NARSEC young people who've been through the program. And then the recommendation of the Human Science Research Council was to say the program needed to be refocused with a special emphasis on jobs and enterprise development, because that was what we initially wanted to do as a NARSEC program and, and, and as this department. In us now refocusing the NARSEC program, the decision was made last year to see while we're looking at the policy, the policy needs to make sure that it takes into consideration the elements that were raised by the Human Science Research Council in the policy. That was first thing. The second issue was also the department also said, which while we are taking those elements that were recommended by the Human Science Research Council, we also need to come up with the tangible new implementation, the tangible refocusing of the NARSEC pro program. As you can see that we started then to say, how then do we get into reviewing of the NARSEC program, moving it away from just focusing on the skilling of young people, but with the emphasis of creation of job as an end goal and not just focusing too much on skills development and hope that the skills development will actually assist young people to find jobs or even to create uh, uh, enterprises. The second issue also that we looked at, we said if we then are serious as a program in particular in our implementation of the NARSEC program, look focusing on the repurposed one, there are certain elements that we need to achieve. Part of the element and also to acknowledge what people who've been advising us or institutions who've been advising us, the vets who also did a study in terms of the NARSEC program during the same period of 2017-2018, who basically confirmed or concurred with your Human Science Research Council to say, we need to go back to the initial thinking of the youth. And again, that was also being confirmed, so to speak, by these, uh, 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 your, your, your statistics, South Africa, who also said, would you look at the rate of unemployment. Currently, we're sitting at more than 58% when you talk to young people, in particular, with young people, unemployment in South Africa South Africa has increased. So the purpose and the objective was to say we need to go back, reduce the high level of unemployment amongst the young people. We need to improve the socioeconomic participation on the youth. We also need to make sure that we are dealing with the triple challenges that are in particular faced by young people in South Africa with a special focuses in terms of the triple challenges that is the poverty that are faced by young people, the inequalities that are faced by young people, as well as the unemployment rate that is also faced by young people in South Africa. In us repurposing the NARSEC pro, uh, program, uh, Chair, I think there was also an opportunity that was presented because just when in 2019, 
we're basically coming up with a, a tangible implementation model that we can use as a program to say this is how we are going to implement it going forward. There was an opportunity that was also presented through the new district development model that was launched by the president uh, to, to basically make sure that anything that government departments are doing at different levels but we know that we operate from from the district space and and as the 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 committee members will recall that part of the main aim of the district development model was to make sure that issues of service delivery are being addressed at a district level to your local level and also to say how then do we make sure that we speed up service delivery and economic development including jobs at the district at a district level and in that saw that DDM in line with our repurposing of the NARSEC it provide for us also a, cha- a game changer for the NARSEC program so, so that we can be able to make sure that we operated the space, we utilize the IDPs in terms of what the municipalities have agreed to that will also tell us what these are the opportunities after we've recruited these young people, this is where the young people can actually be utilized. So in that particular work of the DDM model, we're then able to, to basically say, we're presenting a report that will say, Minister, can you assist in terms of the signing, the NARSEC, the deviation policy? And that one minister was able to sign the deviation policy in December last year, the, 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 the recruitment. We also looked at the consultation in terms of the policy itself, the new policy that we expect that in 2020, this year going forward for so consultations, a number of consultations have happened in all uh, provinces and all these consultations we've consulted with the TVET colleges or your technical colleges in South Africa who have been actually partnered sure that these NARSEC participants are trained. We've also consulted with the stakeholders, some of the stakeholders who've basically taken our youth in terms of providing uh, the, 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 the job experience for these young people. So all these stakeholders that we've actually consulted, including uh, at a national level of government, your Department of Public Works, they've all got excited with the, the, the repurposed thinking of the NARSEC program, they are fully supporting to say it's a correct direction that we basically need to take forward. So we already have a draft policy that is basically awaiting ministers' approval. Like we indicated that we'll have to look at the high-level process flow. Because you could be asking, how is then the old NARSEC different from the new NARSEC? What we used to do, Chairperson, we basically used to go to 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 a, a particular space, a province, a district, municipality, a local municipality will recruit young people, will send them through uh, our processes of being skilled, and then they will exit. So in us doing that, we're just hoping that, you know what, young people themselves, they will be able to find either jobs or enterprises. Now, in terms of the new process, says we need to be very much intentional in terms of the things that we want to do we have to be conscious the first step that we said what it has to happen we have the branch in the department that is 
land use management. That particular branch generally profiles, profiles or submits or gives us the information which if you talk of a particular province, if you talk of a particular district, what information is there that you, any person can use for planning? So in our case, when they give us this particular a report, we call it a baseline report. As a program, we pull the in information that we are mainly interested on. And that information is, for instance, to say, are there any young people in that particular space? And obviously, there will be that indication which, yes, there are young people in that particular space, in that particular district. The second issue that we are interested in is the issues of the unemployment rate of the young people, of the youth in that particular space. And then the third thing that we are interested in is to say, what are the opportunities in that particular district? For instance, if the district is very strong on mining, 90% of that particular district is, is mining. That's when then when we recruit young people, we recruit them with that understanding in mind, which we then, which means we need to ch challenge, channel them in terms of what the district is strong at. So the baseline report that will be done by our colleagues in, 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 in the branch called Pluma, it helps us to be able to do the analysis of that report. Once we are done with the analysis of the report, you'll see the third part that, that gives you the initials of DALR. When we get to that stage, that's when we say, who are the stakeholders? We then identify the stakeholders and we sit with the stakeholders. We share with them what we want to do and also assist, ask the stakeholders what are the projects that they plan to basically implement in terms of their IDPs if the stakeholders are government uh, stakeholders. If the stakeholders are private sector, they also have to share with us what these are the projects that we actually have in this particular district. This is what we plan to basically implement in this particular district. And in that, we make sure that there is an understanding between us as the Department of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development with in terms of the NARASAC program with our stakeholders, be it is government stakeholders or, 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 or private stakeholders. And then we get into a process where we have to sign a, 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 a memorandum of agreement. Now, the memorandum of agreement is basically a document, Chairperson, that is, that is basically saying that I, as a partner X, I am willing that I'm basically agreeing to basically take a number of young people who must be skilled or who must have these types of areas capacity building because we are looking at now we are changing altogether in terms of skilling as it yes. were but what capacities do these young people have and then we basically five, continue five minutes remaining thank you and then we continue with the others our recruitment will be very much focused and targeted in terms of the youth that are basically needed with the partners. And immediately, once we recruit these young people, that's when we'll basically be looking at the two phase. The two phase, some of them will definitely be saying that we need to be employed and we have partners in that particular district who are ready to absorb them for employment. Other young people will already be having their businesses in the space as young people, but their business will be struggling because they have no support from the other partners. That's where we'll come in as the department to make sure that we find partners or we find partners who are support, going to support those businesses in, in, for, 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 for the young people for them to thrive. Next slide, please.
So in terms of the DTM, quickly, the program has recruited basically 1,001 uh, young people from the three districts, that is basically Eteguini, that is Eastern Cape, O'R Tambo, and, and Limpopo district at Waterpeck. So the objectives uh, for us as well, in particular, we said we want to decrease youth, ampl- youth unemployment. I've already mentioned that, dealing with the issues of the, the, the triple P, your poverty, your inequalities. Uh, we also want to make sure that we are able to link youth or young people in terms of employment and opportunities that exist in that particular district and ensuring that we increase your entrepreneurial development amongst young people. The, the, the new NARASAC policy objectives is basically, again, if you look at this, it's, it's something that we, we need to make sure that we, we enforce it amongst ourselves as implementers of the program. We recruit unemployed rural young people as part, as, as part of what we do as the department. We also build capacity of the rural young people through the, the, the various capacity programs. We facilitate the transition of the recruited young person. So we don't just recruit you, get you in, take you for skills development and allow you to exit without us knowing what actually happened to that to that young person. We make sure that we provide support for the recruited youth and also be able to steer these young people as part of voluntarism or your national youth service where they are in, 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 the, in the ground. We also make sure that the post-program support is provided that will ensure that young people are able to find themselves in terms of employment or in the enterprise development. I've already mentioned the three districts where we recruited from. The, the first one is KZN. We'll move to the second one. The second one is basically the KwaZulu Natal continues, the Eastern Cape, OR Tambo, and the last one is basically Limpopo in, in, in Waterbeck, as I indicated. We've already mentioned that what we basically need to do, what has been done, I've already indicated, we came up with a new way of targeting how we basically going to be recruiting our young people. We are currently looking at the policy that is being reviewed. We've also, our reviewing of the policy and the refocusing of the program has been really informed by the fact that the Human Science Research Council and the VETS and other partners have been saying we need to change. And what the other things that we want to do, we want to make sure that we have a strong data play base for placement of the young people that will ensure which we can track and trace young people, all those who have been our, in our system, we can track them. We also want to make sure that we have a very strong monitoring and, 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 and evaluation system that can be used to say we don't wait five years before we can actually detect whether the, what we are doing is actually adding value, is there positive impact, not just for us as a department, but for the young people or the beneficiaries of the service themselves. Next slide, please. Uh, obviously, the, 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 the successes of the program has been ensuring which we also provide support as a program in terms of making sure that each and every young person who is in the program receives a, a stipend a stipend and also we've been making sure which while the young each and every person in the program receive a stipend obviously young people will then be able to 
to be able to do other things. And because we, we, we are always tasked as a department to say, you don't just give stipend for people not to do anything. So how then do we make sure which we link them to communities? They get active okay. because they, they start notification. Can we conclude? Thank you. Thank you so much, Chairperson. I, th I think in a nutshell, what we are basically saying is that we have done a lot in terms of correcting because each time when we come to Parliament, we've noted the, con the concerns that have been raised by the members. We're basically working hard to say how then do we change from the way we've been uh, we've been doing NARSEC to a new way that will actually create an impact. And perhaps also the second thing is to say to, once we finalize with the pol policy, we'll also love to be given an opportunity to be able to come to, to the podcom to present the new policy and how it's get to be implemented going forward. Thank you. Thank you. Honorable uh, members, there you have uh, the presentation uh, on uh, NARISEC. Uh, we'll now open up uh, for questions of clarity and comments and then uh, be able to afford the department give responses to the questions. Let me uh, recognize Honorable Klappe. Thanks, Chair. Let me welcome the presentation on NARISEC. Indeed, Chair, we have expressed ourselves previously on this program, and I'm happy that the department acceded to the call to relook into refocusing Narisek for the sake of the youth of this country. Chair, there was an indication previously that uh, a new policy will be developed in line of uh, refocusing Narisek. And as it is presented, this new model now that is district based. Out of this presentation, Chair, my question would be has the policy now been developed, formulated? because it was supposed to be handed over to the minister. Two, the shift from skills development to job creation. Is there a plan currently, like exit plan, of how are they going to make sure that the current ones that are under incubation in Narisek, like those that has been recruited from the three districts based on the model, the district-based model, how are they going to make sure that they really, at the end of the day, find the jobs? My other question, Chair, will be based on the previous number recruited, that 25,000. If I'm audible, I'll still continue. Am I audible? Okay, my network is better. Yes, please How continue. Yeah, the previous number, Chair. Is there a record of uh, how many have been absorbed into jobs? not only in the department. I'm trying to, make, to check if there are other sectors, like private sector or other stakeholders that are on board with this program. What is the current status of those that has been with the program, those uh, over 25,000 uh, research students that has been there? Engagement with private sector and then other partners that will be able to assist us with this uh, research graduates. Thanks, Chair. Thank you, uh, Honorable Masati. 
Thank you very much, Chair. I'm, I'm, I'm quite concerned. Um, besides the fact that um, the President speaks about the new policy that has been drafted, as a committee previously, we have requested that we see this particular policy, uh, but it has not. We have it has not actually arrived. So, most probably, is because the policy has not been signed. But all I want to indicate that chair is that what has been presented today is not different from what has been presented before. Besides the issue of the policy. Secondly, when you read, when you go through the the presentation, I want to check the authenticity of this particular information. On the slide where they speak about recruitment from 2010 up until today, it says the free state is zero in 2010. My question is, how true is that information? Because that program was launched here in the free state in Because there were young people who participated from the free state in that particular program. Secondly, on the same uh, slide, it says in 2020, there is zero recruitment from the free state. The program is implemented in Tabanju. And you don't take any child from the free state and you take everybody else from everywhere else. Not that uh, this program must be focused here, but I'm just indicating. You, when you deal with issues of young people, you deal with them. Uh, it's all not only in Etequini, in Eastern Cape, where there is unemployment. There is unemployment everywhere else. Why was the focus only on those four provinces or those districts in as far as recruitment is concerned? We go through to... Um, the exit strategy. I, I I'm still want to be convinced, Chair, that we need to see on a because there are issues that we raise as a portfolio committee in as far as the exit, in as far as exact issues that must be actually be focused in that particular police. Second last chair, the success stories. Can we get an indication of a success story after this NARSEC program to say what have they achieved? What has, where are those other uh, former participants of this particular program? Lastly, Chair, the, the when you look at the budget and as far as the APP is concerned, there was one slide that was speaking about the MTF period in as far as uh, the, uh, the, the budgeting for NARSEC. As you go forward, in 2021, uh, the budget was um, two, 290 for 2020-2021. But when you go for 2021-2022, the budget goes down. It's been reduced. So I want to check what 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 informed that in as far as NARSEC program is concerned. Why was the budget going down when, when as, as, as in my view, we should be recruiting more young people given the, the fact that there's so much unemployment rate rather than reducing the budget. Honorable Mahlati, are you still with us? Yes, Chair, I, I'm, I'm done. I'm not sure if we have not captured my inputs. No, we captured your inputs. If you are done, uh, then we'll move on to Honorable Stay. Thank you, Chairperson. Yes, I, I would start with the, the question about the slides and the recruitment. Uh, last time I asked the question 
question regarding the change of the policy or the program. Uh, in the beginning, the, uh, the, the youth were recruited for a two years program, and then this year, 2020, they were recruited for this three months program. So, can I uh, get clarity, Chairperson, on if you look at the slide, it's uh, slide three that I have. Uh, the numbers. If someone can inform me of the 1,902 that was recruited in 2019, uh, what are they currently doing? And then uh, if you look at the slide, uh, the same slide, the, 2000, uh, the 2020 recruits, uh, the 1,001, what are they currently doing? Um, are they uh, still in the uh, at the uh, Banshu, or, or where are they? Did they finish their the three-year, uh, three-months program? Um, and if not, uh, what are they currently doing? Then, uh, Chairperson, the other question was in slide 15. Slide 15 says the youth will be participating for one month in the NYDA. Also, same question, doing what? Um, what will be the, the task or the uh, training or what is the, the purpose of, of that? Then, in slide 14, uh, the youth has reported that the household income increased. Uh, I think uh, the chair did ask, uh, the, the whip did ask the question, but I would also like to find out if it is reported that the youth uh, income has increased. We need to get some stats and information. It's not the first time. It's, I think, the third time that we're asking for this information. We get the same kind of slides and same presentation over and over, but it's reported that the income has increased. So can we get some stats on that? Then, Chair, uh, there's a slide that speaks about discussions being held with the, uh, the districts. Um, especially now the three, three districts that has been identified uh, for this youth that is currently in the program. Who is having that discussions in the district? Who decides or, or who? I want to know uh, which department, which officials, uh, who, has, who, who is actually doing that discussions per district. Uh, then that link with uh, uh, the programs that uh, is provided for support. Uh, mention was made, so say for instance, the district uh, has mining, uh, um, but what what uh, entrepreneurial skills are actually taught then um, to, to the youth to be able to, to stand on their own feet afterwards? Are they just uh, linked in with employment in that district, or are they actually being skilled that they themselves can start new businesses um, regarding entrepreneurial skills? So we can get more details on that. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, uh, Mestin. Uh, Honorable Matthias. Honorable Matthias. Can you hear me, Chair? Please go ahead and touch it. Thank you so much. Look, Chair, I think it uh, is disappointing to get this kind of a feedback. And it is clear that the department has not been taking... Can you on your video, Honorable Matthias, can you switch on your video? We cannot see you. 
Must I switch on my video? Yes, we want to see that red jacket. Okay. <laughs> Can we now see me? There we go. There we go. Can, can, you, can I proceed? Please proceed, Dr. Matiasa. I'm saying uh, it's, it's disappointing to get this kind of uh, feedback or update from the department. It could also be seen that the department has not been taking its work seriously. Uh, with this, I may I quickly remind all and sundry that it was Daniel Coleman who said, you cannot manage that which you cannot measure. With that being said, the policy on NARSEC, I want to put it here fair and square, that it was badly conceptualized. And having been badly conceptualized, hence these uh, failures, and hence we hear this kind of talk, which is cheap, that the, the program have to be repurposed. Repurposed for what? If it was from the beginning well conceptualized, if from the beginning clear targets were set and clear objectives were articulated, would not be sitting here and receiving this kind of a feedback. If NARISEC hasn't done any major dent on the reduction of unemployment among the youth, it means that the policy is bad. It means the policy has been badly conceptualized. If it hasn't done any major dent on reducing levels of, uh, of unemployment and reskilling and building capacity among our youth, it means this is a bad policy. Now, the question, does the department think that this policy was well conceptualized? If yes, why it has failed to, to reduce levels of unemployment among the youth? And if it has reduced number of unemployment, uh, as, as reduce unemployment among the youth, can they give us statistics of number of people who have been who have been absorbed into 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 the work uh, environment? And if they say that the policy has uh, skilled and reskilled young people, build capacity, can they give statistics of of figures of that which they would claim? Lastly, the department must give us the money that has been spent on NARISEC from the day it was started until to date. And if we find that money has been spent and it has been spent wastefully and there is no value for money in that, the, the chief, the director general and officials responsible for that should take responsibility. We're at the stage where unemployment among young people stands at 54%. And my organization is one of the most organization attractive to young people. And we speak for young people. 
and we cannot take this and accept this as a as, as a genuine excuse. We are calling for drastic measures in case that someone has been sleeping on duty. Can they please answer these questions? Thank you, Honorable Matthias, and we have uh, Honorable Mbata. Honorable Mbata. Chairperson. I think um, most of the questions have been con- have, have been covered, and my worry is that uh, we had we have so much uh, unemployment amongst the youth. So when is this program going to spread to other other regions? I mean, other provinces? Because it's, it can't be three out of nine. It's not even half. And if you look at the beginning, they said they, they have recruited about 19,000 youth and where are those youth now? What are they doing? And what are the, uh, how are they monitoring them? And make sure that they are monitoring them so that it's now, uh, funds are not wasted. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Honorable Tapa. Honorable Tapa. Honorable Trader. Thank you, Chair. Chairperson. Go ahead. Um, 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 you know, Chair, let me first um, commend the department for finally have a monitoring and evaluation uh, framework or, or, or tool that will track to the intakes the, the NARSEC program. But, Chair, we previously we raised uh, some serious issues about NARSAC program. I'm not sure, Chair, whether we understand the purpose of Oganya, we are on the same level of understanding the purpose of why this NARSAC pro- uh, program was, 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 was initiated with, with, with the, the, the departmental officials. Because, Chair, if we all in the same understanding or have the same understanding, these issues that we keep on raising as, as, as committee members would be addressed. Firstly, Chair, the issue of the exit strategy of graduates. We've been raising this issue, Chair, the whole year with NARSEC of NARSEC with, with the department. We've been raising this issue, Chair, sharply, that what happens to the graduates, what happens to the intake that finished courses, but there's an issue, there was an issue of certification 
how far is that process? Have those youth received their certifications? If not, why not? On page three, chair of a presentation by the department, I will only focus chair on, 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 on the intake for 2020, for year 2020. Chair, we submitted a proposal to the department, and of which we missed, um, I just forgot his name, Chair. Uh, the, the, the department agreed with the committee that they have to change or review their, their, their criteria in, in, in terms of what is it there, that the, 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 what the, the, the youth is, is trained on. Because there was the, they were training on beauty saloons, nail technicians and stuff. We, we, we identified a shortage in the industry, agricultural industry. And we said, we proposed that let's rather focus on training young people under the NARSAC program for agricultural purposes, and of which the department committed that they will do that. I, would, I, I want to know, Chair, I would, I would like the department to submit to the committee a list of the intake for 2019-2020 that, yes, I see the numbers, but which, on which fields, on which skills are these intake uh, uh, trained on? Lastly, Chair, um, Ms. Nonala just uh, present, uh, shared with us that they have, they are implementing a, a district level. I, I believe, Chair, those three districts that are named, I think Mr. Was it Mr. Mesemabukulu or something like that? Uh, said it was a pilot project. For how long will this be a pilot project, Chair? And also, I would like the department to submit to us in writing, Chair, again. They must provide a list of stakeholders that has been consulted and has entered into partnership with the department at district level to implement the 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 the. the the, the practical training of these young people. Because, Chair, on the presentation, it states that as much as they, they take input of, of young people on on Inersac on program, Chair, they have each challenges, or yes, each challenges on placing them for practical, for, 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 for practical experience. Why would you take, for an example, 100 young people for training if you do not have a place uh, institution to place them who are you talking to are we just ticking boxes here or are we really serious you, in changing the life of these young people thanks chef thank you honorable mbabama thank you chair i'll be brief um according to the presentation and from what we know Narisek is supposed to um, reduce the, the very high rate of unemployment in the rural areas. What I'd like to know from the department, do they have an idea in each and every um, province how many young people are unemployed 
in the rural areas sitting at home so that at least they have an idea of the impact of what they are doing is on the on the rural youth that they are targeting um i am very much worried sir because they say they also say that after 30% of practical training the youth is supposed to go and um, you know get practical experience but they are also having problems with their host employers so what i'd like to know from the department we've been talking a lot about narisec and i, I just want them to give me three di- things that are different with what they envisage doing with narisec going forward three things that are different from the past program in terms of the program that is going to go forward now what is it that they are seeing as being different the only thing that i have seen from the presentation is that they say that they are no longer now concentrating on skills development only they are also concentrating on um on making sure that the people have uh you know an employment to go to but what i'd like to know how are they they must tell us how are they ensuring that these kids will have employment at the end thank you chair honorable priet thank you chairperson um maybe on a light note i think this is maybe the one and only time that i will actually agree with my colleague in the red um i also believe this was a badly conceptualized idea i think it is very noble i think nadi second what we are trying to do with this project is very noble and i would maybe like a suggestion when we eventually do oversight in the free state and honorable maklatsi and myself can can show you the doings of the free state i would suggest that we physically go to dubanshu that we actually go and see the training college and we go and see what they do because i feel that what we are uttering today and what we are asking today um really seems like a broken record we have been uttering quite a number of times and i would just maybe like to touch a few short things um maybe how is covid-19 impacted uh nari sec the training program and these 2020 intakes um how yeah have they started what what is that status in terms of covid and and how is the plans in terms of of covid covid and covid in the in the future Then Chairperson I see that we have these 25 odd thousand students that that we've taken through the project project but I would like to see a physical breakdown of who as as one of my my previous colleagues mentioned um there was a certification issue how many have actually received their certificates how many have actually graduated how many have dropped out um and maybe broadly why why did they drop out was it because they what what was it and what was the for that how many are employed how many are self employed in the form of entrepreneurship programs and how many are having internships because at the end of the day we can brag with the amount of people we are taking through this but if we don't physically see what is happening to these students and i think honorable babama said as well are we physically assisting these children i remember in a previous sitting we had 
um, we were explained very nicely that the idea is that the young man goes and studies so that he can actually become a technician or a mechanic who can fix the tractors of the whole community. And I do not feel, I, I, I'm not seeing that physically, where you can teach a guy to do something physically with his hands and do that. So I would like to know, and, and speaking of Speaking of the curriculum as well, I would like to see, we've broadly spoken, Honorable Tretta has mentioned that about we're doing nail salons and hair and all of these funny things, but I, that I don't necessarily think is the clear-cut mandate of agriculture to do um, in terms of, of uh, employing us. But, but what, how, why did we start out with a two-year program and we now have a six-week program and then we have a, a one-month internship with the NDY, NYDA, but what is that encompassing? And I would like to know as well, this is a project, and, and I've mentioned it is noble and it is great, but are we taking hands across the sector? Are we using NYDA? Um, they are the youth, the National Youth Development Agency, after all. So it would just be logical for them. Are we pulling in the Department of Women, Youth and Persons with Disabilities, um, taking into account those youth specifically with disabilities as well? How are we, how are we breaching them? On page 14 of, of the presentation, we are talking about opportunities were provided for youth to acquire a skill they did not have before joining the program. Um, large numbers of youth have been certified through the program. What have they been certified in? How are we actually narrowing it down? How are students, how are we deciding what students get to decide? How, how are we doing that? And that's why I mentioned maybe we should go on oversight so that we can see the methodology in how we are training these students. Because at this stage, um, as Honorable Matisse said, it is a badly conceptualized program. I would further like to know what are we doing? And Chairperson, two last questions. We're talking about the draft Narisek policy, but we have not seen that yet. Can we have an idea or a time frame from the department in terms of of the draft policy when it will be something more than just a, a just a draft policy to actually really see Narisek come into the fruition and as assist our youth and specifically assist our youth in our rural areas. And then in terms of we are also talking about monitoring and evaluation and a framework set out. I would like to see that framework, what that entails, but I would also like us to actually on the ground physically see how are we monitoring and evaluating this? What are what are the levels? Are we saying, oh yes, how is Sariki? We did 25,000 youth, but we're not seeing them employed, we are not seeing them skilled, and we are not seeing them properly certified. Is this then a project that we can really be proud of? And I would like to hear and get the department's input on that. Um, thank you, Chair. Thank you, Ndabezita, uh, Honorable Kosi Tabekur. Honorable Tapa, Honorable Tapa, I was still on chairperson. Hello, oh, hello, go ahead, the visit, chairperson. Oh, my, my, my contribution to this is that, um. We need to go back to the old um, ways of doing things, Chairperson. You know, in the olden days, <clears throat> there were psychological 
psychologists who were assessing the, the, the youth before they left schooling. By so doing, people could be identified on which uh, fields each uh, a student or each child would be interested in. The, 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 the view that the person that I, I come up with is that, uh, you know, during those days, we could find uh, people trained for plumbing, trained for bricklaying, carpentry, and all that. So instead of uh, the department looking at a, recruiting a youth for training, training people who have not said what uh, fields would they want to, to filter in, the, the understanding is that uh, actually we should go back to those uh, 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 old practices so that the youth, when they are, they are recruited, they are taken to the field they are interested in, 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 in being trained in. Currently, Chairperson, we are seeing the development in, in, in the rural areas these days. More, more or most, or all, 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 all residents are now opting out of the, the old ways of building their, their, their home streets. They are now going for the, the, the Western way of, of building, like, like using blocks and, and, and cement. If people can be trained in, 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 in bricklaying, obviously they will fit in. They will need not to go seek for employment uh, from the employers, but they will simple after the college, they will go straight to their rural areas, start getting a, 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 a employed by the, the local people to, to do the, the work of building, plumbing, and all, all the rest. Lastly, Chairperson, uh, fortunately, all uh, Brett uh, 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 has touched on the issue of, of, of training of, of the mechanics. You know, I was just uh, uh, making a, 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 an assessment on what I'm, I'm, I'm seeing when I'm, I'm, I'm walking in the streets of my, my own town in Bangui. All the guys that are fixing vehicles on, this, on, on the pavements are not uh, our guys from, from our own uh, 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 schoolings. They are the guys from our neighboring countries. They are the brothers from the neighboring countries. They can fix, fit in the, the, the tires, the plungers, the, 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 the brakes, the, all that. If our youths can be trained on all those things, easily they can get themselves employed rather than after training, they have to look for employment elsewhere. That's my contribution. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Uh, Honorable uh, Masipa. Thank you, Chair. I think I'm covered in most of the issues that I have, but there is one question um, that I think I have. Um, Sweater, I mean, Honorable Sweater, I think, um, highlighted it. The committee raised a concern that um, jobs created for Narese graduates were not sustainable. And the committee advised the, that the skills development and job opportunities should be directly linked to the mandate of the department. I think the questions that are the question that I have to the department is how many of this Narisec graduate have been employed or received any internship from the department and in which areas? I think that's it from my side, Chair. Thanks very much. Thank you, Honorable Montuedi. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. Uh, we raised a number of issues in our community in, in the community meetings around the Narisek concept, uh, and fully agree that indeed it was badly, badly conceptualized. Now, Chair, 
the minister made an undertaking that the program is going to be uh, there's going to be a review of the program which on paper we see it is happening but can the department share with us the draft policy because we would welcome welcome and say the draft the draft amended the only thing we find that it is still the same mm-hmm. as the policy that was there before can you see the draft policy chair to see how is it because i think the draft policy must actually guide the department in terms of what fields should they actually be training those young people on because we said this is a department of agriculture and rural development it must focus mostly on issues that are agriculture or rural development related can you get the policy to actually see what does it actually seek to achieve chair now uh, the presenter made mention that uh, they took they made recruitment from three districts uh, and i'm a bit concerned chair that uh, the department when they presented the district development model they made mention of the fact that out of the 25 districts they had chosen before they are now moving only into nine districts now i had thought that this program of narisec if indeed is still relevant to be implemented in the department why didn't that be aligned with the approach of the district development model where at least it should actually cover about nine districts where each province would actually find itself having have a recruitment of narisec why is it only focusing on the three districts when the, the the very same department it is located it is going to run the district development model in the nine district uh, in the in the nine uh, district chair now and also chair what actually informed uh, the selection of those three districts uh, what informed them how were they chosen over the other uh, district and or provinces that were actually that are actually currently not participating in the uh, uh, narisec program now my other concern here is that on the presentation made there is a serious worry because we as an as a committee we are expected to play oversight now how are we going to play oversight on that narisec program where they only speak of planned activities but no timelines attached to it now the next thing we come and say you play oversight they said no no we've already done with that particular activity why is there no timeline at, attached chair so that we know when do they intend doing these and these uh, activity the last one chair is on the consultation that took place with the 1400 stakeholders consulted correctly so can we uh, was the consultation done with the 1400 stakeholders only in the three identified districts or all the districts or all the provinces had were actually consulted on the uh, new model on the implementation of the narisec program or it was only uh, done on those three selected districts because it would be a concern you come to my district on the consultation or when coming to implementation you go and choose another district over my district that you had wanted to do a consultation on on how to refocus your narisec program thank you very much chair 
Thank you, honorable members. Uh, I think I've covered uh, everyone uh, in terms of uh, questions and uh, uh, issues of parity. Let me uh, also take this opportunity to add in uh, honorable members on your input. And I'd like us to note that uh, there is no policy for NARISEC within the department which is a worrisome uh, uh, issue. Uh, and this uh, uh, is, wa- is a worrying trend uh, in terms of implementation uh, of programs without policy. There is uh, also a need to be clear about the project's purpose. If the department uh, states that the purpose is to decrease unemployment within youth in particular, it will be assessed on a number of youth that is being employed. But if it is about skills, it will be assessed on skilled youth that it is empowering. Therefore, NARIS is not a job creation initiative, but a skills development initiative. I would uh, want to raise questions in this slide, uh, whether or when are they concluding the policy for NARISEC, and how do we define success of the NARISEC program? And this question has to be important to us as the portfolio committee so that when we do oversight, we must be able to look at what the indicators of success are. The department, honorable members, must be able to clarify what happened to the 25,244 youth that were recruited to date since the year 2010. How many of these youth graduated and how many of them are employed to date or have started their own enterprises? And if at all any, what happened to the rest uh, forming the balance? I'd like to also understand, honorable members, as to why is the focus on three provinces? And I will come back to this one in terms of what happens in the other parts of the country, uh, that being the six other provinces. The department has two honorable members submit a time-framed plan on the planned activities to be undertaken by the department. It strengthens the committee's oversight. But uh, let me also take this time, honorable members, just to go to the actual slides that have been put before us uh, in the presentation. And that is uh, slide number three which shows uh, the recruitment uh, of NARISEC programs since 2010 to 2020. We are sitting over a decade with uh, 25,000 
244 youth that have been uh, recruited. And these honorable members, we have to be able to realize in the high uh, uh, numbers of unemployment, particularly in the youth, that uh, soar right into the millions is a drop in the ocean. And uh, we would uh, be wanting to see how the department can be able to fast-track this. Such a program over a decade should be speaking about having empowered one million young people into being able to be self-sustainable with their own enterprises. So we are not faced as a committee in terms of the numbers that we are speaking to. And I would like to hear what the department's input is on how we can radically uh, be able to uh, hike the numbers uh, in terms of recruitment. But on the very same slide, honorable members, it speaks of uh, in 2020 uh, of three provinces, that being the Eastern Cape, KwaZulu-Natal, and Limpopo. I have to, as a Nguni-speaking individual, have to say this is a tribalistic approach. It has looked into the Nguni-speaking provinces, being the Eastern Cape and that of uh, the uh, uh, KwaZulu-Natal. The other provinces, such as the Free State, the Northwest, the Northern Cape, the Western Cape have been left uh, out in this instance. And we would like the department to correct this because we would not want to be seen to be tribalistic in our thinking and recruitment. For one, to totally leave the Northern Cape and the Western Cape immediately uh, discriminates and prejudices the Khoi and the Sen uh, uh, communities that have played a crucial role in the transformation of our country and our struggle for liberation. And I therefore would want to see in terms of the demographics of this recruitment, how it has been mapped out in terms of ensuring that all sectors have been covered, that being Africans, being black, that talks to both colored communities and Indians, poor youth that have found themselves as disadvantaged communities, being able to benefit out of the process. What I truly see here, uh, DG, uh, in your recruitment, simply says that we have only been biased to Nguni-speaking uh, uh, communities. If you look at uh, the huge portion of it, 300, 300 has laid into KwaZulu-Natal and uh, the Eastern Cape, leaving uh, 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 it's actually KwaZulu-Natal is 401, 
meaning that 701 has gone into Nguni-speaking provinces, leaving only 300 for Limpopo. This cannot be accepted, has to be corrected, has to ensure that we are able to uh, uh, map out the whole of South Africa and prioritize our youth accordingly. But I want to also uh, go into uh, the presentation in uh, uh, the later uh, slides that talks to each province. And I was hoping on the visit I would touch on this issue, uh, particularly when it comes to uh, KwaZulu Natal. We recognize that the department has visited and recruited within traditional authorities. And I was hoping that Undabezita would be able to attest in some of these traditional uh, authorities like Mapumulo, Molosi, Isimasha, uh, Ingungulu, uh, traditional authorities. Uh, but uh, in the very uh, same light, I would like to therefore speak on uh, the Eastern Cape OR Tambo region and correct uh, the mistake that I see there, which spells out King Sabata Dalinjebo. There is no King Sabata Dalinjebo uh, municipality, it's Dalinjebo. We would appeal uh, DG that as the department, uh, you pay particular uh, uh, attention to detail because uh, we cannot have uh, His Majesty's name uh, uh, being uh, uh, misspelled in the manner that it has an individual that played such a crucial role in our struggle for liberation went into exile and played a crucial role in our uh, efforts uh, outside the borders of the Republic. But the very same slide only attests, uh, this is slide uh, 11, only attests to 60 uh, youth that were recruited in uh, KSD municipality as well as 60 in Mshontlo local municipality. Then uh, you have a figure of a total of 300 young people that have been recruited uh, in this area. My math seems to fail me here because 60 and 60 is 120. Where is the balance of uh, 180 located if you are speaking about 300 number of youth having been recruited? And uh, also, uh, having been able to recruit from a number of traditional councils in and around KwaZulu-Natal, why has this not been considered for uh, the Eastern Cape province, as well as Limpopo province, which are also highly populated with uh, traditional authorities? But uh, I would want to speak uh, uh, at large uh, on part of the Sen and Khoi communities, for they also have their traditional authorities, and in this manner they have been uh, uh, left out. Uh, 
wanted to give that input, uh, honorable members. We will now take the opportunity to hand back to the department and give them uh, 30 minutes to respond to the questions. Those that we have not been able to respond to, we will then be able to request them to be submitted in writing. DG, let us hand over to yourselves. I don't know if the executive, the honorable minister, and the honorable deputy ministers have been able to join us. But if not, uh, let us uh, hand over to the DG and the officials of the department. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Chair. I can recognize that uh, Deputy Minister Squatcher has joined. Uh, I would allow him to lead us uh, in responding, but uh, we will certainly respond to the questions in the time given. And indeed, those that we cannot answer, we, we commit to respond to the committee in writing. Uh, Chairperson, the Deputy Minister Squatcher is on the line. I don't know if you would want to come first. Thank you, uh, Honorable uh, Deputy uh, Minister Otatu Squat, Masikwamkel. Uh, please proceed. Oops. Honorable Deputy Minister. DG, it seems uh, he is not with us. Uh, you may proceed. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. We have received quite a, a number of uh, questions uh, from the honorable members, given the importance of the issue we are dealing with. The program tries to address partly the question of uh, youth employment or youth unemployment as it were. But perhaps, perhaps Chairperson, let me start with the, the some of the statements uh, that have been made by the Honorable Chairperson, which uh, unfortunately, I have to describe them as unfortunate uh, in the sense that the chairperson is suggesting that the recruitment approach of the department in Narisek is tribalistic. I think that is false. Uh, it's not correct. And, and I do hope that it can be withdrawn because there's a very perfect explanation as to why that approach. The, the recruitment in the three provinces was informed by the launch of the district development by the president of the republic. The launch of the district development model started in Oartambo. It was followed by Eteguini in Guazulu-Natal and subsequently Waterberg in Limpopo. The recruitment of the 1,001 young people who were at Tabanju before the lockdown was informed by those district pilots, nothing else. The president has announced that the district development model is now going to be rolled out to all the provinces of the country, to 
all the 54 districts of the country, including all the metros. Now, before that could be done, we had a national uh, state of disaster. We had uh, the COVID-19 and uh, we were all stuck. The youth that was at Tabanchu uh, recruited from those three provinces, from those three district municipalities, like with all other training institutions had to be sent home. The 900 youth that were at, uh, that were also uh, in one of the uh, training uh, camps also had to be sent home. So, 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 so the, the recruitment is not driven by any other thing, and it was driven by that policy. Uh, the fact that the president launched the, 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 the DTM in those three uh, districts, we would we were still going to continue to go to the other provinces and until the lockdown happened. And it is still the intention of the department within the resources available at its disposal to roll out the program to the other provinces and other districts. So I thought I should deal with that chairperson. Indeed, if the resources were available, we would we wish we could scale up uh, the recruitment into bigger numbers. But we can only do that within the budget and the resources available to us. There are other critical policy questions, Chairperson, that have been asked. We acknowledge that there has been a delay in finalizing the policy, but indeed there is a draft that is there that must minister for his signature. And uh, we commit that as soon as the minister's signature is appended on that policy document, if she agrees with it, we will then uh, present it to the committee. That's the, 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 the second key policy issue that is bothering the members, and, and rightfully so. The third critical policy question relates to the efficacy of the policy, as has been raised by several members. I think with the benefit of hindsight, and having seen the program run for a period of at least 10 years, having conducted uh, studies, not only through the HSRC, Vets University, but also by the Department of Monitoring and Evaluation. We have seen policy gaps. We have seen uh, the limitations of the policy as it was originally conceptualized. And uh, we have effected those recommendations as we were moving along with the policy. So, 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 Honorable uh, Matthias uh, was saying, what is our view about the efficacy of this policy? We, we, we do not want to be subjective in, in responding to this question. That is why we relied on independent assessment by bodies, critical bodies like the HSRC, Vets University, and uh, of monitoring and evaluation that pointed out to the weaknesses of the, poli of the policy at the time. We do believe, uh, Honorable uh, Babama, that uh, the changes that have been made in the policy could be far-reaching. First of all, the policy initially excluded young people that did not have metric. That was part of the criteria. 
the statistics coming from the reports coming from statistics south africa even if it is old as far back as 2011 shows that the majority of unemployed youth many of them have dropped out of school now we change the policy to say it has to accommodate those young people who have dropped out of school for a whole range of reasons so that the the the, the 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 policy can admit them and give them a fighting chance in life as young people by looking at their own uh, potential in terms of what they can do with their hands and train them and give them the skills to start to act out a living and not discriminate them because they don't have metric. So that's the that's a very very big change. We are informed there, as I say, by the statistics of South Africa report. Similarly. At the broad level, the number of um, unemployment, we draw it from Stats SA, uh, the recent community survey that shows the numbers. But ultimately, we want the recruitment also to be evidence-based, which is why we have repurposed NARISEC. In the past, honorable members, the department would advertise for youth to apply in some instances, some people will submit applications on behalf of young people uh, to the department. What we are now saying is that we must start with a socio-economic analysis of each and every district using a number of variables and data sources from various institutions to say, what is the extent of poverty in this district? What is the extent of unemployment? What are other social ills that obtain in this particular district? But then we look at the natural endowment of that particular district and say, what are the water resources, land, mining? How strong is this program? I mean, this particular district in terms of agriculture, which commodities of agriculture are very strong? And then we then recruit on the basis of the profile that we draw from that particular analysis so that at least when we train the youth and they go back to their communities, they can go back and do what is happening in their, in, in their district, not something that is abstract. Now, the second key issue that is a major difference with the policy is that in the past, yes, we trained young people Yes, we continue to give them stipend. We make sure that they, co they perform community service. The fundamental difference with the new policy is that when the youth leaves the, 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 the uh, Tabanju Training College, they go to any other form of training. We then have got to give them start up a capital to pursue what they could consider to be an entrepreneurial uh, activity in their area. Be it we train them as what we call paravets to look after animals in the villages, to inoculate whether it's goats, whether it's sheep, whether it's, it's cattle, whether it's horses, and so on and so on. So we are saying for a period of six months, we will give these young people some kind of a support package to get off some kind of an enterprise of their own. But we are not doing that alone. We are doing that with the Department of Small Business Development, who will 
come on board and provide business incubation for these young people so that they have ongoing training. The other element that is new and, and different in this policy is that in the past, young people could stay for two years in the program. There are too many young people who need assistance and 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 the program was too expensive. It could cost up to 400,000 rand per annum to keep a young person into the program. But we believe that there are causes that young people can be given in agricultural colleges in the provinces, in the district, from the Agricultural Research Council and other institutions where minimal skills can be provided to young people, as we have seen in many other parts of the country happening. And then they get given the support to start that particular enterprise. So the, the program can be shortened, but then the young person can be given an opportunity to start something of their own. So that is the big difference. So that the, the turnaround time in terms of the time the youth spend in the program becomes shorter, but they support as they exit so that it enables us within our limited resources to, to, to recruit others to come on board in terms of the program. The future of the program is going to be led by the district development model. And as, as, as the president announced the rollout in each and every district going forward, that must be uh, the focus of the district development model with the district analysis. In fact, Chairperson, we have commenced with the assessment, social economic assessment of all 54, 52 districts in the country, including the metros. We have not waited for the rollout, but we can't start the recruitment because of COVID-19. The president, the deputy president and ministers and the premiers are now going to lead the rollout of the district development model. So we are waiting to be led by them so that we can then follow behind uh, in terms of the recruitment. But analysis of information, data sets, those areas we, we are already doing as a department. The NARISEC the, the, the can only contribute to, un, to, to the reduction of unemployment. Given the rate of unemployment in South Africa, both in urban and, and rural areas, the NARISEC can only play a part in the reduction of unemployment in the rural areas. We know that we can't achieve this on our own. Hence, we are forming partnerships with a range of departments, including the Department of Trade and Industry, the Department of Public Works, the Department of Defense, the Department of Small Business, and other departments. So we will be able to scale up as we move forward beyond the lockdown, maybe at level two, when, 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 when young people can be able to return to college uh, for training. But at the present moment, we are unable to, to allow youth to go back to, 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 to college. I'm going to invite my colleague, uh, Dr. Suarez, uh, to also uh, make some, uh, to respond to some of the questions, in particular related to the detail. And Ms. Nona Alebutelezi, who was uh, there at the very beginning of the NARISEC pro program, particularly to respond to some of the issue, questions that have been raised by Honorable Matlasi. Indeed, when we launched the pilot, 
We went to the Free State, the Premier of the Free State at the time was there. We did have challenges because some of the Free State youth were not there and there were a particular reason. But subsequently, youth in the Free State were recruited in the original numbers of Narisek. Uh, uh, Nonala. Uh, yes, sir. As uh, you hand over to the other two colleagues in the department, uh, I would like you uh, to look into the question I posed because uh, I want to adhere to what you are saying when you say that I must withdraw, that the thinking of the department is tribalistic. But uh, let me... Uh, put it to you that in terms of the two provinces that you have selected, whether it is uh, through the DDM uh, model, has clearly recruited Nguni-speaking youth. And I cannot withdraw the statement that in this recruitment, we have been tribalistic in our thinking. Unless then, DG, you are, after these two speakers, come back and say, here's evidence that in KwaZulu-Natal, because of the role of Dr. Naika, Dr. Dadu, the likes of uh, Fatima Mia, who are Indian, and played a key strategic role in our struggle for liberation, you have identified in KwaZulu-Natal these 10 youth of Indian community background that are from a underprivileged background. Unless you say to us as a committee that in KwaZulu-Natal, these are the colored youth that you have recruited you are then being able to dismissify this thinking that this has been a tribalistic approach. I would hand over to the two while you concur with your colleagues aside as to give the portfolio committee evidence that in your thinking, having been tribalistic, you have included colored communities, you have included Indian communities, you have included the Sen and Khoi communities living in those areas, such as in Kokstad. But uh, let us send over to the other two. You will come back on this matter because I really want to meet your request and withdraw my statement if it is found not to be correct. Let us move to the other two, please. Nonala? Thanks, DG. Uh, uh, through you, Chairperson, I think DG has actually covered said a, a mouthful. Perhaps just the, the the one area that I will add on is that issue of the NARSEC uh, that was found, which we have not recruited in 2010, to, to be somewhat false. It, it's correct that in 2010, we did not recruit NARSEC participants in the two provinces, which is the Free State and Guazulu Natal. We only recruited in those two provinces only in 2010 because Guazulu Natal and the Free State, they were, they were not ready at that time. 
Secondly, we only got the 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 the, the, the Tabantu College that was uh, uh, given to the department. I think it was around 2012 when we launched the Tabantu College to be utilized by the Narasek program, as it were. So, so those are the only two things that I basically want to to add without spoiling the things that UTG has already mentioned. Thank you, Chair. Good afternoon, uh, Chairperson and uh, members of the Portfolio Committee. There's quite a lot of inputs that DG has uh, made to many of the questions, and uh, and I think the work that he has, he has done to even deal with conceptual matters uh, is something that um, none of us can actually do better on. But I think we owe the committee um, certain facts that have been asked for, and uh, we cannot give those figures um, uh, over and above those that have been presented. For instance, there are very specific questions, such as how many young people, participants in Narisec, actually have been placed in jobs and in businesses. Um, we can we can go back um, and um, bring back to the committee um, some facts around this. But suffice to say that this program, in its original conception and design, was designed to do quite a, a multiplicity of things, such as equipping young people with leadership skills, hence them being taken to the army and um, to the, the college um, at, at Tabanchu to instill um, a sense of pride in being South African. Uh, these things are not measurable um, as far as I am able to, to, to imagine sheer discipline um, uh, in young people being proud of being South Africans. In as far as skills and employment is concerned, the emphasis of this program was more on giving them an ability to fight, an ability to fight unemployment um, in its current ugliness. Um, there was very little emphasis in this program of saying, when you graduate, we will make sure that you are employed. Very little um, was done in that regard. And I believe that this repurposing of this program, um, especially um, led by the DG, um, was uh, informed by many of the disappointments expressed by the members here today. Um, this question has been repeatedly put in front of us. Break this 24,000 report down. How many did actually drop off? How many were certificated? And I think um, it is not an impossible a question to answer, and given time, we should be able to, I mean, to come back. Um, uh, what collaborations are there? Um, the, the DG is saying, um, as we repurpose this this program, we're going to focus deeper um, into um, in, into collaborations. Um, we do have those collaborations right now, but they did not take us to where the members um, are wishing this program should have taken us. And so over and above what DG has, has, has actually said, um, the, the best I can do, Chair, is to promise that the 25,000 can be further broken down. 
in terms of what was achieved or not. Thank you, sir. Okay, yes, Thank you, uh, DG. Is uh, Deputy Minister Squatcher with us? If not, uh, DG, I would uh, really want to withdraw that statement, but I would uh, be encouraged if uh, I have sufficient evidence that in your recruitment in KwaZulu-Natal, you have considered the youth uh, from Indian communities, the youth from colored communities, and uh, so to speaking, youth in KwaZulu-Natal have been included in your selection of uh, 401. Has that been the case? Chairperson, I think it would be disrespectful of me to continue this conversation with the chairperson. And uh, I, I, because that was not my understanding of the chairperson statement. It was much more broader. It was not about focusing in that particular area. It was it was much more broader statement. So chairperson, I think we can leave it at that point. But the point is that we went on the basis of where the three pilots chosen by the president. Waterberg is not a Gunip speaking province, a district. And we were still going to move to other provinces. We don't know even what is the next province that the president is going to identify as the next site. But as I said, the, the, the district development model is now going to be rolled out to all provinces. So it was not a policy decision of the department to single out Oratambo. It was not a policy decision of the department to single out Etequini and not go to, for instance, uh, maybe where Isizwe Sabatembu are in the district uh, 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 of Inkosi Upambata. It was the choice of the presidency to go to those specific areas, having followed their own criteria, not the criteria of the Narisek policy. So I wish to respectfully leave this matter at that point, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members. Uh, Parliament is a multi-party institution. As you see us uh, in this portfolio committee, we are made up of all uh, political parties represented in the National Assembly. And therefore, we all come from different provinces representing different demographics. Honorable Briet has to, as an honorable member uh, serving in the National Assembly deployed by the Freedom Front Plus, has to ensure that uh, the poor Africaners in the Republic of South Africa are able to be recruited through this NARISEC program. Honorable Stain from uh, the Eastern Cape wants to ensure that uh, as a deployee of uh, the DA in the National Assembly, young poor whites from the Eastern Cape are considered and deployed into this program. And every other member 
in this committee wants to ensure that we are not biased to a certain race in our selection criteria for recruitment of this program. This is why, therefore, I confine myself in the instance of KwaZulu-Natal, knowing that very well KwaZulu-Natal is not only populated by Zulu-speaking Nguni people, it is only populated by Indian poor communities, also by colored poor communities. And I have to ensure as the chairperson of the portfolio committee that these youth have been considered and have been uh, located in your recruitment uh, strategy. Whether you're talking about uh, the development district model, we have to ascertain that you have been able to ensure that all disadvantaged communities have been uh, located and have been recruited. I will therefore DG leave it at this end, but uh, it is sitting very well with me that as far as these three districts have gone, we have been tribalistic in our thinking unless I'm persuaded otherwise. I will leave it at that, uh, honorable members, and we will continue to look for more sufficient evidence showing to the people of the Republic of South Africa that in our recruitment for empowering young people, we are not biased to a certain race or to a certain people. We are focusing on empowering young people throughout the Republic of South Africa in enabling them to be able to be self-sustainable and to own their own enterprises. DG, we will therefore request that all questions that uh, have been answered and those that have not been answered to be sent back to us in writing. We are mindful, uh, DG, that every time we ask for these questions to be sent back to us in writing, it is not done. We would like to appeal to the department to ensure that all the questions that we have been able to raise in this portfolio committee uh, meeting uh, are responded to in writing by no later than end of business day on Friday. We are limited in our engagement because of being able to have these virtual meetings. Therefore, a lot of uh, the questions asked by the honorable members, we are unable to cover them uh, uh, in detail and get specifics. We therefore request that uh, the uh, department prioritizes to ensure that uh, these answers are sent to the secretariat in writing so that we can be able to circulate them to honorable members. Honorable members, uh, let us thank you for your engagement uh, this afternoon. We will be able to revisit uh, the ultra bill and engage uh, with it extensively as soon as uh, we have received the input uh, from NETLEC. 
Uh, but uh, 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 with this said, honorable members, let us also thank the Chef? department. Yes, Manyamza. Before you close the meeting, Chair, I want to record the apologies. I was just extending words of appreciation to the honorable <laughs> members and the uh, uh, officials of the department as led by the DG, uh, hoping that also the DM Honorable Squatter is with us. But we wanted to extend a word of appreciation for the engagements of this afternoon and the input that has uh, been given on the Narisek presentation. Information empowers us and gives us knowledge to be able to understand better the work of the department. I therefore want to hand over to the Secretariat if there's any other matters arising. Thank you, Chair. We received apologies from the Minister. She attended NCC meeting and the apology from DM Lamini. He is off sick. And the apology from D. Jim Lengana, he has a prior arrangement commitment. And then the apology from Tatu Kap. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, uh, Manyamza, uh, for uh, the uh, registering of uh, apologies. I often take it that uh, before we start uh, the meetings, the uh, registry is done electronically and through uh, the system that we are using. But I'm uh, happy that you have been able to register it uh, in uh, the recordings that we are doing on this uh, virtual uh, meeting. With that said, uh, honorable members, uh, the meeting stands adjourned. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful evening. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, honorable members. Have a wonderful